We're finishing up our series on 2 Timothy this morning, and the title of this message is Finishing Well. I'm sure we've experienced the reality that it's easier to start well than it is to finish well. You know, good starts are more common than good finishes, you know, whether it's a, a renovation project that we start then eventually, you know, we don't finish for whatever reason. Or organizing the home, we get a good start on that, but then it doesn't get finished. Or an exercise program. Good starts are more common than good finishes. The Bible, when it comes to the Christian life, emphasizes the importance of finishing the Christian life well. You know, in life, we can get distracted or wander off the path or give up for whatever reason. You know, when we're young, there's those distractions of, you know, I want to do what my friends are doing or I want to uh, get a job, make, make money, and those are not necessarily bad things, but maybe they keep us from doing what God has called us to do. And then midlife, you know, sometimes there's those disappointments, frustrations, dreams not realized, and, and we, can, we can become discouraged, and, and we can maybe not finish well. Or later in life, there's uh, the uh, challenges often of health and other issues and uh, loneliness, and we, we uh, again, get discouraged, and maybe we don't finish well. And so the Bible emphasizes the importance of finishing the Christian life well. Just going to go through, and these aren't all of the verses in Scripture that speak of this, but just a few in Scripture that, that, that speak of the importance of, of finishing the Christian life well. Or in other words, as the theme of Timothy speaks to us of endurance. You know, maybe you're not thinking about the end of your life, but you need to continue on to, to endure, to keep on going. So first of all, the words of Jesus in Luke 14, 27 through 30, he said, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So Jesus wants us to, to follow him which involves following his teaching and following his example. He says, For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. So he says, First, before you follow me, count the cost. Make sure you won't just start well, but that you'll keep on that path of discipleship and eventually finish well. Finish what you start. Next, Acts 20, 24, the words of Paul. But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. So we'll see this in 2 Timothy 4 as well. But Paul had a, had a ministry, a ministry to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And he saw that as more valuable and precious to him than his own life. He wanted to finish that, that task 
well. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, maybe this is one that came to your mind when I talked about finishing well. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and that refers back to Hebrews chapter 11, they're not witnessing as in the sense of looking at us, but they're witnessing to us. Their faith is a witness to us. He says, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run, how? With endurance. The race that is set before us. And this is a metaphor that we see more than once in the New Testament for the Christian life. The Christian life is, is a race. And anytime that's brought up in a sermon or in a Bible lesson, it's always said the race is not a sprint, but a marathon. It's not an easy race. Not that a sprint is that easy, but uh, a marathon is more grueling in nature. Uh, recently, I, I discovered there's actually a more grueling race than the marathon. There's the ultra marathon. Anyone heard of the ultra marathon? Uh, I, I tried to look at exactly what an ultra marathon is, but it... it it varies in, in length and uh, how it's done. Uh, it can be as much as 100 miles. It, you know, you get some sleep in there, but it's over several days sometimes and maybe through grueling or difficult terrain and a grueling race. Uh, even more challenging than a marathon. Uh, so the Christian life is, is, is more like that than, than a quick, quick run. So we need endurance, run with endurance, the race that is set before us. You know, there's lots of ups and downs, lots of difficulty, lots of challenges. But we're to look, the writer of Hebrews says, to Jesus, uh, who also ran the race ahead of us, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So that's the thought of endurance once again. He endured the cross, despising the shame, which really means he considered it really as nothing in comparison to the joy that was ahead of him. Uh, he is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That joy involves also uh, offering salvation to us. And so the writer of Hebrews says in verse 3, Consider him, Christ, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So in other words, consider Christ who ran the race before us. Consider what he did for us. And so don't grow weary or faint-hearted. Continue to endure. Don't, don't quit the race. And then finally, Galatians, no, oh, two more. Galatians 6, 9 is the second last one. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And finally, 2 John 1, verse 8, watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Watch yourself. Don't allow yourself to eventually Start coasting and not finish well. So how can we make sure we, we finish well? Or maybe I could say it this way. How can we make sure we continue to, to uh, live the Christian life well and eventually finish well? How can we make sure we, we endure in this life, this race, the Christian life? 
Let's go back to Second uh, Timothy chapter 4. We're going to start in verses 6 and 7, then we'll go back to the start of the chapter. <clears throat> but in verses 6 and 7, Paul says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So Paul was someone who finished the Christian life well. Paul's life is coming to an end. As he's writing 2 Timothy, he knows this. He's in a Roman prison. He's expecting to be executed soon. He says, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. Time of my departure, like a ship departing. That's at hand. It's close. But he says, I fought a good fight. I finished the race. There's that metaphor of the race again. I have kept the faith. So he knows this. And he tells Timothy down in verse 9. Realizing he doesn't have much time. He doesn't know exactly when his life will end because of the Roman justice system. Don't know how long it will take, but eventually he believes he will be executed. And so he says to Timothy, do your best to come to me soon. He wants to see Timothy one last time. And so Paul was, was someone who faced a lot of adversity as a Christian. You know, he's in prison right now as he's writing as I said, he'll be executed, but before that, so much adversity, sometimes physical, sometimes opposition in the cities where he was preaching, or opposition even in the churches, a lot of adversity. But he never gave up doing what God had called him to do. Again, that mission that Jesus gave to him directly was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. So Paul was someone who finished the Christian life well. He saw the finish line, and he could say, I have finished the race. It seems like, as Paul is writing this letter to Timothy, that Paul sees Timothy as his heir apparent. And, and Paul wanted Timothy to endure like Paul did when adversity arrived. Now, what did endurance look like for Timothy? Well, one way he needed to endure was to keep on preaching God's word. Look at verses 1 and 2. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. So this is what it looked like for Timothy. Now, that's not what it looks like for, for most of us in the sense that we don't have a preaching ministry like Timothy did. And so this part of 2 Timothy would be more applicable to someone like me. But at the same time, we saw this in Ephesians 2.10 not too long ago, uh, that, that God 
has created us in Christ Jesus for good works. We are, we are his workmanship. We've been given the Holy Spirit who, who enables us uh, to serve in, in different ways. He's, he's given us uh, gifts or talents, abilities uh, to serve one another and serve uh, even outside the church. And God has called us uh, to do these things. And you might say, well, I don't really know what I'm able to do or supposed to do. Well, as I've said before, we just need to start doing things and then uh, we'll probably discover uh, some of the things that God has, has called us to keep on doing. Uh, it probably won't be like Paul who, who, who receives a vision and, and gets a, a special uh, message about what he's supposed to do. Probably we'll have to discover that, maybe some trial and error. But we've all been, we've all been Gifted, and God calls us to live this Christian life, um, and, and there are unique ways in which we can do that with uh, our backgrounds and gifts and abilities and personalities and all of that. And so uh, we're to endure in adversity just like Timothy, though what he was to do maybe is, is different from what we are to do, but we're all to endure, and what Paul tells Timothy is that adversity will come. It will come uh, in his preaching ministry. Uh, look, look at uh, verses 3 through 5. But the time is coming, and I believe that the time had already arrived, uh, but he's thinking it as well as in the future. But the time is coming when, when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own Passion. So, so they'll just listen or want to listen to people who will tell them the kind of things that they want to hear or the type of teaching that they want to be taught. Verse 4, and we'll turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering. There's the word endure again. Do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So adversity will, will come. There will be people who just won't want to listen, but, but Paul says, continue on, endure. Don't stop preaching God's word. Uh, here, the word refers to, and we see this in 2 Timothy, the word is, is uh, specifically the gospel. And so we also see that Timothy is to do the work of an evangelist. An evangelist is uh, someone who is a proclaimer of the gospel's good news. So to preach the word, to do the work of an evangelist, really are synonymous. And think about this question. Uh, who needs the gospel? Who needs the gospel? Just the unsaved? Timothy was told to preach the word, preach the gospel, do the work of an evangelist. I believe that all people need the gospel, both the unsaved and the saved. Really, everything goes back to the gospel. Really, that's our foundation. You know, what is God like? Well, consider the gospel. Consider the love of God. Consider his mercy and grace. Uh, God said to Moses, I am a God who is merciful and gracious. We see that in the gospel. It shows us what God is like. How should we live? Well, consider the gospel. Consider how God the Son 
came into this world. Think of the humility. Think of the, the sacrifice, the love, the service. Why should we obey Scripture's commands? Well, consider the gospel. You know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. That's the gospel. Uh, all of these ethical commands uh, find their motivation in the gospel. And so the gospel is not just for the unsaved, it's for also the saved. It's for the church and for the world. And so Timothy was to continue on preaching the word, the gospel, to do the work of an evangelist inside and outside the church. So what we see here is that the Christian life includes both ministry and endurance. You see the word endure over and over again in 2 Timothy. The Christian life requires endurance, but it's not just enduring or remaining a Christian or remaining in the faith, but it also involves ministering, serving. Paul says to Timothy in verse 5, fulfill your ministry. So the Christian life isn't supposed to be just getting saved and then coasting to the finish line. Uh, we have, as I've already said, we have things that God wants us to do. He's, he's gifted us. He's enabled us to serve. And, and it's not just make sure I'm right with God and then just coast to victory. But it is something that involves endurance and ministry. That's what we see with Paul. That's what we see with Timothy. And yes, you might say, well, they're preachers, they're missionaries. Uh, but the same is true of, of every believer in Scripture. We all have been called to minister in, in different ways. So this Christian life, it requires endurance. It requires or includes ministry. And so this is, this is the, the race that we are to finish well, this Christian life. Not just being a Christian or remaining a Christian, but also ministering as a Christian, enduring in that. Then, then finally, let's look at let two, two more in individuals here in the closing remarks. And then we'll look at that question very quickly. How can we make sure we finish well? But a couple of individuals, Demas and Mark. Demas had started well, but, but he ended up deserting Paul. At the end of Colossians and Philemon, Demas is, is mentioned by, by Paul as one of, one of Paul's uh, dependable co-workers. But something happens and eventually Demas deserts Paul. I don't know if it was a permanent desertion or not. We're not told. But why did this happen? Why did Demas desert Paul in the ministry? Paul says in verse 10 that Demas was in love with the present world. Now, world here doesn't mean the people of the world like it does in John 3.16. He's talking about the things of the world, like in the previous chapter, lovers of self, lovers of, of uh, money, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. Uh, loving the things of the world and uh, loving them more than really in the end God and what he had called Demas to do, if he in fact was a believer. So he started well, but he ended up deserting Paul. Mark, on the other hand, he had stumbled in the past. And in Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 40, 
uh, Mark had, had proven or there was an incident in Mark's life when, when Paul had been relying on Mark and Mark let Paul down and, and Barnabas, Paul's partner wanted, missionary partner wanted uh, to take along Mark with him. Paul didn't want to do that. Uh, and so we're told that there was a sharp disagreement between Paul and Barnabas. They, uh, they separated as a team. Uh, God worked that to make actually two teams rather than one team. But Barnabas took Mark and, and Paul took Silas. And so Mark had stumbled. And Paul didn't trust him, didn't want to take him on the missionary journey. But he would eventually end up becoming useful to Paul. Paul says in verse 11, get Mark and bring him with you. Why? Because he was, what does it say? He is very useful to me for ministry. And so that wasn't the end of the story in Acts chapter 15. Mark had stumbled. But he would eventually get back on his feet and he would become useful in the way that God had called him to be. So we might stumble in the race, but we can get back up and we can start again. So how can we make sure we finish well? Getting back to that question we started with, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but very quickly... My answer, and this is not the only answer to the question, but this is the answer I see in this last chapter of 2 Timothy. How can we make sure we finish well? Well, we need to keep reminding ourselves that one day we'll stand before Jesus. That's what Paul reminds Timothy of in the first two verses. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, Timothy would one day stand before Jesus. And he says, by his appearing, his return, and his kingdom, which symbolizes his victory, preach the word. Endure in that. Keep on going. One day you're going to stand before Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. And then Paul says in verse 8, he talks about finishing his own race. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, so he's called a judge again, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So again, the return of Jesus. When we think of that crown, Paul's probably thinking of an athletic event where the victor would receive an olive wreath, a crown. But in this case, not only one can win it, but all, he says, who love the appearing of Christ. Are we like Demas? Who, who, are we in love with the, the present world, or do we love Jesus and his appearing more than the things in this world? And so Paul also was thinking of one day standing before Jesus, and he would finish the race well. One day we will stand before him, the one who is our creator, the one we would really not be here. We would not be anywhere. We would not exist, nor would anything. If not for him, we will stand before him one day, 
This one who came into this world humbling himself, took on our flesh, lived among us, lived a perfect life, though a difficult life, who suffered dying on that cross for our sins. We'll stand before him one day. Our Savior, our Lord. And how do you want to feel on that day? What do you want to hear him say? I'm sure you will have wanted, if you hadn't, I'm sure you will have wanted or wished that you had finished well. Or if you had finished well, that you were so glad you did finish well, that you continued to endure. Even if you stumbled, you got back up and you continued on. I'm sure on that day, you will be glad you finished well. How can you make sure you'll finish well? Again, keep reminding yourself that one day you'll stand before Jesus.